Welcome to Pop Culture Federation. Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And in accordance with a judge's order, I must tell you that my name is Ron. Gross. Today's part one of three of our new trilogy, or hmm, I shouldn't say trilogy, our new series, mini-series, that we're going to dive right into, and it is the Spider-Man films. Not just the Marvel Spider-Man universe, not just the Andrew Garfield universe, not, but we're also doing the Sam Raimi one too. We're doing all three. This is a tangled web you've got us, Mike. <laughs> Mike, can I propose a name for this? Because it's three trilogies. Can we call it the Thrilogy? Ooh, the 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 not the Nine Elegy. The Nine Elegy. <laughs> no, uh, oh yeah, there's nine, right? Yeah. Te- well, there's technically eight. yeah, there's no. Well, 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 there's eight main Spider-Man movies, and oh, then yeah. you have Captain America: Civil War, and then the Avengers films, and Venom. Well, he's the oh yeah, well and Venom. And then there's the Spider-Man movies from like the '70s, the TV ones. And I'll then talk about into those. the Spider-Verse also. That's what I was thinking of when I said nine. But yeah, and you got Italian Spider-Man. Oh my god, <laughs> which I'm t- going to be referencing a lot. To be fair, Italian Spider-Man is better than anything Spider-Man like Sony Marvel has ever done. Oh yeah, it can't be topped. No, it cannot. There's there's no reason to stop it. Do yourself a favor, audience member, and just YouTube Sp- Italian Spider-Man and enjoy the ride. So audience, if you've ever seen the like the gif of the guy chuckling like laughing at the magazine um Hardy Chuckle magazine that was made by the same people that that series is called danger five. And those people made Italian Spider-Man and Italian. The entire thing is on YouTube. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. It's so funny. So today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the Raimi verse, the Sam Raimi trilogy that kind of started it all for Spider-Man movies uh, or actually mainstream Spider-Man movies. Uh, we don't want to, we don't count the ones the TV movies from back in the day. I think they were in the seventies. Fun side note about that: when I I was obsessed with the Spider-Man the animated series in the nineties, I watched it every Saturday morning when it was on. Same. And the blockbuster by me had a video, a VHS of the Spider-Man, I guess TV movie. So I watched it. Like my uncle got it for me. I watched it and. I, all I remember, I remember it was really bad, and <laughs> I remember Spider-Man getting hit head-on by a subway train, and then just standing up like nothing happened. I was like, whoa. I didn't know he I was I was invincible. just about to be like, were you about to be like, when you were watching Spider-Man 2, be like, ah, oh, what a rip-off. <laughs> yeah, because in the thing, he just got smacked by a train. I mean, Spider-Man has a long history of getting hit with trains. I mean, that, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man yep. is like a really, he just doesn't like trains. It's his one recurring supervillain, trains. <laughs> trains. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine, watch out, bitch. 
Well, in 2002, specifically May 3rd, 2002, we got Spider-Man in the United States. Spider-Man was directed by Sam Raimi, produced by Laura Ziskin and Ian Bryce, screenplayed by David Coep? Cop? Something like that. Cope. Cope. Coop. Sounds, sounds right to me. Sure. Apologies for butchering your name, future friend of the show. Maybe it's Kep. And the movie starred Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Poor Peter Parker. Poor Peter Parker. Oh, wait, wrong, wrong universe. Next episode. Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin. Spoilers. <gasps> Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. James Franco as Harry Osborn. For some reason, I thought you were going to say Mary J. Blige. <laughs> 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 Cliff Robertson as Ben Parker and Rosemary Harris as May Parker. Oh, and we can't Rosemary for- Harris. But we can't forget J.K. Simmons, who portrays J. Jonah Jameson, the grouchy publisher of the Daily Bugle. Arguably the most perfectly cast comic book character. I was just about to say that. He was the best cast character, probably in anything. He'd be the top five of best cast Mar- like superhero character i'd say I mean, he's in the same tier as like chris evans and like tom holland and maybe robert downey jr i i think it's jk simmons and robert downey jr oh. are probably one and two hmm. this wow. could be its own episode dare i say and M- michael chiklis did a really good thing are you putting Michael Chiklis and the Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans no, no, tier? I'm saying like cast wise. Like I think he was casted well. And yeah. um uh what's his name? The guy who played Kingpin and Daredevil in the show. Oh, Vin- Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, the guy who's the alien in Men in Black. He's the alien in Men in Black? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's also on Law and Order Criminal Intent. I know he's in Same. Law and Order, but wait, he's the he's the guy who who plays the farmer who like the cockroach alien takes over yes sir no that's what he looks like with hair (laughs) spider-man had a budget of 139 million dollars and it had a box office gross of 825 million dollars in 2002 it was actually the third highest grossing film can you guess what one and two were? I feel like two, sorry, one was probably the, the two towers. Yep. Ooh, okay. Good one. 2002. Was it a Pixar movie? It was not. It was Warner Brothers. I'll give you that. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, Warner Brothers. Men in Black 2? That was number five. Oh. It wasn't Shrek, because that was 2001. That was also a DreamWorks film. Chicken Run. <laughs> no. Tears and two. I don't know. What, 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 what were they, Mike? It was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, oh of course. Duh. Come on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what, what was four? Uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, holy crap. How do we not? <laughs> wow. I feel like a fool now. <laughs> Uh, number six was Die Another Day. Number seven was Signs, which was distributed by Disney. Didn't know that. Number eight was Ice Age. Nine was My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And number ten, Minority Report. 
Oh, my big fat Greek wedding. Solid movie. <laughs> Solid it, movie. It's great. Windex cures all. Yes. <laughs> so Spider-Man had an interesting lead up to the film being made. They had tried to make a film for about 25 years and it was it went through a bunch of distributors. First was through Columbia Pictures, then Metro Golden Mire, and then eventually ending up with Sony. You could have just said MGM. MGM. But I like. It. <laughs> hey. I like your style. Hey, he just wanted to sound super official. <laughs> I did. Thank you. I'm about it. Uh, originally, they were going to use a script penned by James Cameron. Yes. And James Cameron's script. I was looking into it was going to have Electro and Dr. Octopus play the main villains. And it was going to be filled with a lot of violence, uh, foul language, and sexually explicit material. I know there was a scene that was written where, like, Spider-Man was, like, creeps in the window and looks at Mary Jane, like, undressing. Um, It was supposed to be very, uh, a lot of bad language and supposed to be very violent. And that was the original script. Uh, eventually it got passed around. I think James Cameron, it says Ted Newsman, John Brancato, Barney Cohen, Joseph Goldman, and eventually Sony hired cop. I'm going to say cop. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Future friend of the show to create a working screenplay. And he received solo credit. Now for directors, they were talking about Roland Emmerich, Ang Lee, Chris Columbus, John DeBont, M. Night Shyamalan, Tony Scott, and David Fincher. And then Raimi. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. That's... (laughs) That would have been such an interesting Spider-Man movie. (laughs) Eventually they settled on Sam Raimi because... And this is the rumor, was because he had a big comic book collection. He was a big comic book fan. Wow. That's the most Hollywood explanation ever <laughs> a guy read a comic once you're hired i think Raimi did a good job uh so the plot quick plot synopsis if you haven't seen it please go i personally think it's the best spider-man movie made wow yep i went there it is the origin story it is how peter parker became spider-man the first and... time <laughs> the yes. origin to the origin story they show it um a couple things that they did with this one was, so Spider-Man's uh, web comes from web shooters in the comics, but in this they made it come organically. I know that was a very controversial thing among Spider-Man fans. I personally didn't care as a kid. I kind of actually made more sense that he didn't learn how to make the formula from the spider bite that he, you know, it like changed him and morphed him because he he learned to crawl on walls like like the way they did in the movie made sense like it, it changed him biologically so he had a little like spider fingers spider like things coming out of his fingers so he can climb uh it would only make sense that the webs come out so i didn't have a problem with it i actually like that idea but who am i right now actually i really like that change i, I know too. i know a lot of hardcore Spider-Man fans are against it, but I think it's a it's a genuinely like it just makes sense for the character and like you don't have to like you could go the route of like having him make like the spider webs and stuff, 
But if like, you know, if you want to condense it into a movie, like they had to, like it's just, it's a nice yeah. organic change. Yeah. I think of all the, ch- I think it was a nice change and it was kind of like one that like kind of is like, we would have to explain the web shooters and it's like, nah, just put it in them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So the movie goes through, and spoilers if you don't know the 50-year history of Spider-Man, <laughs> shame on you at this point. Um, Spider-Man starts out as a professional wrestler to earn some money, and they properly casted the great f- favorite topic of the show, the Macho Man Randy Savage. is ready. Hey, break yo! You're going nowhere. Matt, oh. did you learn how to ride a bike yet? Oh yeah. <laughs> Ran- Randy, um, <laughs> great that you're here. Current friend of the show, Macho. What was it like being on the set with uh, uh on Spider-Man? Ooh, I dug it. Uh, I snapped it to a Slim Jim. Oh yeah. And uh. I got him for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. After uh, the death of Uncle Ben by the hands of the thief, played by Michael Papajohn, which I have a funny story about that. Of course you know his name. Of course you do. Okay, well, I'll tell the story now. I met Michael Papajohn at a con once, and he happened to be one of the nicest people I've ever met. So, fun fact about me, I've met over at least 100 celebrities. If you count pro wrestlers, 200. Brag about it. Um, you just did. I mean, it's just my thing. But Michael Papajohn was one of them. And at the con, it was a, it was a decent-sized con. I came up to his booth. He was super friendly, super nice. He goes, you want a picture? So I had a Polaroid. This shows you how long ago it was. I had a, I had a old, the old Polaroid, not the new Polaroid, the old Polaroid. I had a Polaroid. He goes, want to take the Polaroid? And I was like, yeah. So I took a Polaroid, me and him. And then he signed it. And then he's like, do you want to take another one? Do you want to do like a fun one? I was like, sure. So at cons, most of the stuff is, or at least then, now it's a little bit different. It was cash only, right? So a lot of times these guys and girls would have um, handlers with them or like peep helpers. And... They would have like a lockbox with with cash in it. So Michael Papajohn opens up his lockbox, takes out wads of cash, and I'm talking like hundreds, fifties, twenties. I and then he he's like, here, open your hands, and he dumps the cash into my hands, and I'm like looking at this money, <laughs> and I'm looking at like easy seven hundred dollars to a grand maybe more than a grand actually it was a lot of money and like so much money that it just started falling on the floor and i'm like what and then he grabs my collar of my shirt and he like makes his hand to like a finger like a gun and he goes put the money in the bag <gasps> and i was like oh, he said this is it awesome he said it <laughs> that's so cool so yeah he does that with me holding all this money and i'm like trying to look at the camera to smile and then on the on the on the Polaroid he wrote, "Put the money in the bag." So I have nice. that, and I was like, "That's really cool." Like he's super nice <laughs> because like he he's not like a well known celebrity, so they'll go like 
people like that go the extra mile. It's really like appreciated. And yeah, he did. So that's something like I won't forget. And I was like, that's kind of cool. So every time I watch it and he goes, put the money in the bag. I was like, yeah, he said that to me. <laughs> um, but like the dude's very trusting to hand somebody like easy over a thousand dollars just of bills just in his hand. I'm like, this is so much money. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were going to run off, he was just going to shoot you. He seemed pretty com- comfortable doing it in the last movie. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, he was probably going to kill your uncle if you didn't give it back. So. <laughs> that could be very true. Um, but in the movie, he gets away. Peter Parker chases him down. And Uncle Ben utters the famous lines, With great power comes great responsibility. Don't leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> May hates what she falls in. Throughout the film... Uh, Oscorp develops the goblin serum and the green goblin is, comes to life. So you see Norman Osborn's transformation. Uh, fun fact, actually, that I learned about this is... So the goblin suit in this is more of a mechanical metal kind of suit. They did have... There is footage and... Well, like test footage and uh, photos of the actual mask... They were going to have a latex-type mask made. And there is... Uh, the test footage shows like him like talking in it, or somebody talking in it, and in front of a green screen. And they had the concept art of what it was supposed to look like. And it looked really, really cool. It looked a lot like the cartoon and a lot like the comic, what he's supposed to look like. But eventually, I guess they went, because it wasn't very realistic-looking... They went with the with the suit. So I personally didn't hate the goblin suit, like the the mech suit. But you know, I guess to each his own. It's something different, and I appreciate when things do something different, and it's not like so out of whack that it's weird. But yeah, they did think, it. it. It has its haters. I think that was definitely an example of like you know not everything from the comics or like the television series needs to be translated like a one like one to one translation like that's something that definitely needed to be updated and i know a lot of people crap on like the goblin costume actually i don't i don't mind it like because it it kind of makes sense i mean besides like the face mask and all but i mean it's still it's okay it's not that bad even the mask it makes sense so because the goblin serum gives him like i guess super soldier like powers Mm -hmm. but what what are you gonna do? Put on a rubber suit and go walking around? No, he was <laughs> developing military equipment. It was supposed to be a military serum. He just morphed the. I mean, the the serum made him crazy, but he just took whatever exoskeleton suit that he was going to use for the military, and just made it painted it green and made the goblin suit. I mean, it was it's a logical direction that they went with. With like, it's not like he just you know went to Home Depot and started soldering. And welding together, <laughs> you know, and made a goblin suit like, like an Iron Man. Like he, you know, it just it made sense the progression that they did. So, I mean, it, it was a cool toy. I liked it. I'm not hating on it. Uh, watch the movie; it's really good. I'm just really, really summarizing here. It um, uh, Norman Green Goblin finds out who Peter is. He finds out he's Spider Man, uh, and. They have their famous battle at the end, and the Green Goblin dies. Peter Parker brings the body 
to uh, their suite and Harry Osborn, played by James Franco, sees this and starts his character development spiral over the next two movies, which eventually he will become the Green Goblin. So that is the very, 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 very Cliff Notes version of the plot Spider-Man. Like I said, definitely watch it. What do you guys think of the film? My first reaction is you forgot to mention the most important scene of this entire movie. The the kissing one? I had a fun fact about it, too, after this. Okay. Well, I was just about to say the kissing. So go All right. I'll just say it now. So Yeah. Uh, apparently that scene was very, very difficult to film. Really? <laughs> because I'm not shocked. only was he upside down, but water kept getting into Tobey Maguire's sinuses. Yeah, he was basically getting waterboarded. <laughs> right. So it was not a fun scene to film. Uh, much, to, But even though it's a very, very iconic scene in the film, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that, but I was like, after looking at, watching it, the clip, I was like, oh, yeah, you can definitely tell that that's getting in there. <laughs> uh, getting in br- breaking news, it's hard to make out what's with someone whilst being waterboarded, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, he made it look good. <laughs> Some other fun facts about this movie. Before they settled on Tobey Maguire, the other actor that the studio was looking into was Leonardo DiCaprio. Freddie Prince Jr., Chris Klein, Wes Bentley, and Heath Ledger. Chris Klein. Oh, God. Whoa. Were things that bad? <laughs> Chris Klein have ended up portraying a comic book character in The Flash TV Did? series. Yes, he was the killer, serial killer Cicada. What season was that? The most recent one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I stopped watching. <laughs> Uh, James Franco also auditioned to play Spider-Man. That would have been weird if he was. He's like too pretty boy for it for me. But yeah, then I, I think again, Tobey Maguire. <clears throat> we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> I think Tobey Maguire did a great job. I think, and like I, I've always said this too. I think Tobey Maguire played the best Peter Parker. I think Andrew Garfield played the best Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland played the best blend of both. All right. I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah. Because uh, Tobey Maguire was in his late 20s, and he was supposed to be a kid in high school, but it was believable. Whereas Andrew Garfield, I didn't think it was. But Andrew Garfield was that comedic-type Spider-Man that you got in the comics, like that nerdy kid who became like tough when he put on the mask. Nicolas Cage, Jason Isaacs, John Malkovich, and Jim Carrey turned down the role as Norman Osborn. Great. Imagine Jim Carrey. And I think Jim Carrey a, could have done it, done Jim it well. Jim Carrey was supposed to be a villain, wasn't he? Was like, wasn't he supposed to be Carnage? I don't know. All right, never mind. But I know Nicolas Cage. I don't think would have done a great job personally. I think Jim Carrey would have because Jim Carrey could have played that like psycho character. Because even though it's not regarded as a good movie, I think he played a good Riddler. Yeah, I I kind of agree. But I feel like Willem Dafoe is just, he just yeah. is that character. Oh, Willem Dafoe was the best choice at the end of the day because I think he did a really good job. And then Alicia Witt was also interested, they had expressed interest in casting her as Mary Jane. Ooh. Yeah. This is also the second time that Stanley made a cameo. 
The first was in X-Men. The first X-Men. This was the second time he played a cameo. Interesting. The other interesting fun fact I learned was these movies, these the Spider-Man movies, were supposed to tie into Fox's X-Men movies. And they were going to do that by having... Uh, I'm not blanking on his name. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, thank you. Mm-hmm. As Wolverine make an appearance. But supposedly, the reason that they didn't was because they couldn't get the suit that was used in the first X-Men movie. So they opted not to do it. That's so lame. Bunch of it's so dumb. But that was the that was the supposed reason. Movies! But that was how they were going to tie it in to both movies together. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, originally when this was in development, I know I keep going back to this, but uh, there... There were there was talks about making like not doing an origin story, and starting off with around the night Gwen Stacy died. Oh my god, that's the first Jesus. movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeez, that's what they were. That was one of the talks that they were trying to go with. They were gonna um, start with the night Gwen Stacy died. <laughs> a lot of the early antagonists or villains they wanted to do too. So like Electro Sandman. Electro Doctor Octopus, Green Goblin Doctor Octopus, um, Cla- classic Avi Irid, you know, <laughs> like going all <laughs> in on every single freaking move, like superhero movie that he does. The other thing that this movie is also known for was they had to remove a scene where, and they used this for uh, some of the trailer footage or like the um, promotional material was Spider Man. These people steal a helicopter and he ties them up between the World Trade Center. Yeah, that was in that was the, in the first trailer. Yep. Yeah. And then they there was a the first poster had a you could see the World Trade Center in Spider Man's eyes, like the I, reflection. So they changed it. I think I read somewhere they spent like a good amount of time in pro in post production removing the world trade center from like the digital new york that they had as well because i believe it was in the background of a lot of different scenes i mean it makes sense i mean you know it was there when they were filming it yeah so this movie holds a 90 percent rotten tomatoes really wow huh. uh metacritic was 73 out of 100 that's pretty good and cinema score gives the film a grade of an A minus on an A plus to an F scale. Now, I know in our last in Star Wars, we we talked and we said we were going to start incorporating minuses. Yes, yes. I was outvoted, and minuses are now included in our ratings. I am going to give this movie a grade of an A. I was waiting for you to give an a minus. <laughs> no, I'm giving it an A. I think it deserves an A. I think it is... Personally, I think it's the best Spider-Man movie. I think they did a really, really good job. Like, people knocked the, the special effects. But, I mean, like, it was 2002, so give them a break. It really told the origin story very well. It showed the... It showed the transgression of Peter being like... Oh, cool, I got powers to realizing that he has responsibility. It did very well in casting. And I think that it it really took what 
the the effects at the time really helped tell the story like it made the fight scenes seem spectacular like something straight out of the comic book whereas prior to that the x-men movie kind of sort of did it had its cool moments and stuff but when spider-man and goblin are swinging between buildings and they're fighting on the bridge uh, i was like this this is like something you'd only see in the spider-man animated series or the comic book and they really helped bring it to life um i think as the first movie as the first spider-man movie and the first like big i got I me mean, x-men i guess was you know spider-man is like marvel's character and at the time he definitely was it was him and wolverine i think they really hit the hit a home run with this one so that's why i give it an a uh i think it's good f- movie for kids good movie for adults i love it so that's my grade what about you guys what do you think of it i'm going to go with the controversial opinion of a minus this movie Ron, this is a historic first yeah i know it's the first minus in our history i thank you i thank you um yeah no I, this movie is it's just really well put together like not to take anything away from x-men because obviously you know that made a lot of like history in its own right but this was like the first like besides maybe like the christopher reeve superman like the good for the first good superhero like movie, like it could work both as a superhero movie. Batman eighty nine. Okay, that too. But like, like it could work both as like a superhero movie and like an actual just movie like on its a own standalone movie. Yeah. So I think it was really good in that. Really, the the only thing that's just kind of weird is even as a kid, I was just like, oh man, those guys look really old for high school. So. <laughs> everybody does yeah so that was just kind of weird um i again like actual unpopular opinion i think uh kirsten dunst actually does a really good job as um mary jane i think her interpretation of mary jane is really good and i like her and uh in all three of the movies and yeah i just think this first one is good but um like we'll talk about it but i think the second one just hits the note perfectly i can't i can't picture her um kirsten dunce as not a redhead after this movie <laughs> yes absolutely agree with that <laughs> one mike <laughs> i will give this movie i'll give this movie an a minus also um this one is my favorite out of the three but that's only because wow. i don't i don't have a lot of memories with spider-man 2 that's like out of all three movies that's the one i have the least amount of memory with but like i mean i watched the movie when i was like nine and like i was young enough that like those like grenades that green goblin threw and it like disintegrated people into skeletons (laughs) that like that like scared me for like a long time like actually scared me i was like holy crap that can happen (laughs) (laughs) there's people with Um, power like that yeah, but, like, Spider-Man was one of my favorite heroes growing up because of the animated series and also the, like, the game on PlayStation that I had where it was, like... And, it, like, Tobey Maguire did a really good job of, like, showing off, like, Spider-Man, who he is and all that. So I'll, I'll give that movie an A-2 because, I mean, it, it's good. There's... it Like you guys said, it has a lot of weird things that, like, the knowledge of spider-man that i have like it's a little weird but it's not like it's not like movie breaking 
choices for me. And I really like I really like the movie and I rewatching it again it was a real treat to watch. So uh so yeah, that was it. That's 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 Spider-Man 1. I like you said before, I think the this movie does a really good job of being a standalone. Uh you don't have to be into superheroes to enjoy it. Like the Marvel movies, the cinematic universe ended up going into like outer space, these godlike beings with godlike powers. But Spider-Man was very it was like a down-to-earth kind of story your friendly neighborhood spider-man yeah right it had good humor it had good jokes it really portrayed peter parker as a nerd he has a magic the gathering poster in his room for the set invasion Does he? yes oh it's my great god i never noticed that i love it that's awful i, <laughs> I bet andrew garfield but, doesn't have that is andrew garfield yeah, and then there's like product on. placement for like dr pepper it's great so that is our take on spider-man <clears throat> definitely if you have not seen it go watch it if you're one of those like people who like can't watch a movie with old special effects, it might not be for you. I think it holds up. I don't up. think it's that bad, Mike. Also, grow up. I think it's good. <laughs> I'll watch this one over most superhero movies. Yeah, I guess. I think it's I really guess I would good. agree with that. Yeah, why not? So, moving on to 2004. On June 30th, 2004, we got Spider-Man 2, directed by Sam Raimi again, produced by Laura Ziskin Aviarid, story by Alfred Goh, Miles Miller, and Michael Chabin, and it starred Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, reprising his role, Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane Watson, James Franco, Alfred Molina, as Otto Octavius slash Dr. Octopus. Some of the people that were considered for this role were Sam Neill, Robert De Niro, and Ed Harris. Wow. Okay. Secondhand lions in the house. <laughs> but Why would you have all Rainey... the things to reference? <laughs> Rainey was a fan and was impressed by his performance in Frida and felt that he physically could portray this role and looked like Dr. Octopus. He, apparently Molina didn't know he was a strong contender, but he was excited because he was a, he is a fan of Marvel Comics. I did not know that. Huh. Cool. So, and then uh, Rosemary Harris, again, is May Parker. Yeah! And <laughs> Donna Murphy played Rosalie Octavius, who was Octavius's wife. Rosemary yeah. Harris, the first hot anime. <laughs> this movie <clears throat> had a budget of $200 million and it grossed $789 million. Damn! Again, it was the third highest grossing movie of 2004. Can you guess the others? Can you guess one and two? Return of the King. That no, was that's 2003. Uh, two, how grossing 2004? Can wow. I get a hint? One, one and two are sequels. And the, one... Where's The Incredibles? The Incredibles number four. Hmm. Shrek 2. Yep, that's number one. Damn, seriously? Mm-hmm. What's the other sequel? Was it a Mission Impossible movie? No. Okay. Come on. Crank 2? You, you didn't get it last time, but it's in the same franchise. Oh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner Cursed of Medallion? Prisoner of Azkaban is number two. Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. Spider-Man 2 is number three. Incredibles is four. The Passion of the Christ is number five. The Day After Tomorrow is number six. Meet the Fockers is number seven. Troy was 8, Shark Tale was 9, and Ocean's 12 was number 10. Shark Tale? 
and Troy both were in the top ten. Are you kidding me right now? What a time to be alive. Spider-Man 2 won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, and it was nominated for Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing. So it won, cool. it won, won Oscars. <laughs> cool. Some fun facts about the development of this movie. They wanted to have the script with Dr. Octopus, the Lizard, the Black Cat, and the New Goblin. It's crazy to think that like all of these movies, they wanted all of these villains... And in the third one, they all broke and were like, fine, we're going to have multiple villains. They were going to title it The Amazing Spider-Man after the comic book title, but they did not. Because two is a lot easier to remember. In 2002, Michael Chabon was hired to rewrite. He had a draft of a young Doc Ock who became infatuated with Mary Jane. And there was going to be a love triangle basically was the plot. Also, Harry Osborn was supposed to put a price on Spider-Man's head on the Daily Bugle of like $10 million and that would turn the city citizens against him. Hmm. I wonder why that sounds familiar. Hmm. We'll find out in two episodes. But producer producer Avi Arid rejected the love triangle angle and also found the Harry Osborne hit angle was unsuitable. So they went with what we got. Which was fantastic. <laughs> the plot of this movie is Spider-Man is essentially doing Spider-Man things. He's saving people. Delivering pizza. Delivering pizza. Um, Mary Jane is an actress. or trying to be in New York. Harry's character transformation I think is the best. Where you start to see like a depression. He's starting to become an adult. He has to take over Oscorp. He doesn't know that Peter is like the way he is. Uh, you can start to see that he's starting to feel feelings for Mary Jane. Hell yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, my 12-year-old, no, 15-year-old self had a crush on Mary Jane. So, One of the big recurring things in this movie was Spider-Man kept losing his powers temporarily. Uh, and throughout the film, you can see him, there's like reoccurring moments where he would... Try to grow up a building and he couldn't. Or he tried to shoot web shooters out and he couldn't. Uh, and it was a lot of times in life-threatening situations. So it, it was like getting to him mentally and like something was wrong. And like the stress was not only like inhibiting him mentally, but it was also physically he wasn't able to use his powers. He had the yips. <laughs> but it showed like a real humanized version of him. You know, Like a for... real movie. Mary Jane in this movie becomes engaged to J. Jonah Jameson's son. Jane Jonah... That's a tongue twister. J. Jonah Jameson's son. Astronaut John Jameson. Uh, this is a pretty iconic moment in the Spider-Man world universe because when John Jameson, Jameson comes back from space, he brings back the symbiote. Venom. Good job. Thank you. Harry, throughout the movie, believes that Spider-Man killed his father and he's just filled with vengeance and rage. Peter finally tells uh, Aunt May about Uncle Ben's death, what really happened. Octavius is trying to get an isotope from Oscorp to fuel his reactor because he wants to... He fills that trope of a villain who thinks he's doing something for good. Uh, essentially, what happens is the the he puts an implant in his neck 
and that is what controls the arms and the arms end up i think they have like an ai in them that kind of like has a mind of his own yes something like that there's a famous scene in this movie where uh what we mentioned earlier in the show was the subway scene where he has to stop a train a runaway train and that was used in a lot of the promotional material great scene one of the best comic book movie scenes of all time bro i agree and i don't know if you're being sarcastic or not when they're carrying him and all that Mm -hmm. giving him a crowd surf careful he's a hero so dr octopus kidnaps mary jane spider-man ultimately saves mary jane dr octopus dies peter reveals his identity to dr octopus in this one uh, I'm trying to recall if he reveals it to Mary Jane. Yes, Mary Jane does see Peter's true identity in this one. Yeah, and that And that is why she breaks off her engagement and at the end of the movie runs to Peter's apartment. So it looks like they're they're like getting together. And she says the famous line, go get him, Tiger. Meow. Yes, she does. <laughs> this was also when Harry is played by the voices of his father and he shatters a mirror and discovers the goblin room, where the Green Goblin's equipment is. So this is foreshadowing his eventual turn to the Green Goblin. So give it a give it a grade, Mike. Well, before I do, this is what the critics had to say. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 93%. Damn. Yep. Metacritic is 83 out of 100. Wow. Seriously? Yep. Cinema That's... score, A-. minus. This one is widely regarded as the best of the trilogy by many. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, it is actually regarded as one of the best comic book movies made. Yep. In frequent lists, this agree. this is listed as number one. It's ranked higher than The Dark Knight. Uh, maybe. It's like it's like in the top three with like that, The Dark Knight, like the Avengers movies. Oh, okay. Uh, Spider-Man Two: The Video Game released on PS2, Xbox, GameCube. This was the one that was the open world. Yeah, and it was one of the first really games cool. to do that. Yes, it was. It was very regarded as one of the better movie games ever made. Widely regarded as one of the best movie games ever made. Snow Wolverine, though. No, that's a great game. If you have not played it, go play it. It's fantastic. I'm not kidding. It's probably my favorite video game movie adaptation. So, my grade for this movie is I'm going to give it an A also. Yeah, I think it's very good. It's not my favorite one. But I think it's the best, it's the most, uh, how do you say it, like, well done uh, in terms of, like, an actual film. They took all the lessons learned from the first one and just improved on them for the second one. Great choice in villain, great casting, again. And I think Alfred Molina played it the role very well. He played a very sophisticated and intelligent person who had a little bit of a sense of humor. Uh, and he... You can kind of, in a way, sympathize with him. And he really mm. took that. And he was like... he The things he was doing... He was a villain, yes. But he was trying to do it for a better reason. For a good reason. For unlimited energy. So, I think this is not a bridge movie. Like many number twos are in trilogies. I think this was... Again, not standalone because you do need to watch the first one to figure out what's going on. Uh, but I think they did a great job and they were two for two for this one. What about you guys? I'm going to give this movie an A+. 
Alfred Molina has one of, if not the most underrated villain roles of all time, like in cinema, the comic book, like movie history. He's so good as Doc Ock. Like he's just, he is incredible. This has like that iconic scene where Mary Jane and Peter are sitting in the coffee shop. And then Peter like sees in the, like the reflection of, I think it's Mary Jane's eyes, like the car being thrown at them. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. And it also has, I would say probably the scariest moment in a comic book movie. The surgery. Yeah. The surgery. Like when the arms come to life. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. The scene where like, the woman is pulled and the nails on the floor and there's uh-huh. like just the what's the word it's like the nails the are like carving into the floor Ugh. yeah yeah it's a uh, sam raimi definitely like you know hearkening back to his like evil dead days so you know because he's a horror kind of guy oh my god that's why bruce campbell is in every movie yeah. Oh they're my be- god, I can't believe we friends. haven't mentioned that. Oh my god. We haven't mentioned that. <laughs> Wait, you didn't know yeah. you didn't know they were best friends? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the first one he plays the ring announcer yeah. and he gives Spider Man his name. In, in the, the second se- one he stops Peter from going in to see Mary Jane's show. Yeah, because he's, yep. he's late. Ticket dude. And then in the third <laughs> one he's the waiter. Or the concierge at the restaurant. Yep. Yeah, yeah so, they're best uh, they're best friends in real life. He's in like all of Sam Raimi's movies. I would not be surprised if he shows up in the Doctor Strange movie either wait Raimi's directing that yeah Raimi's directing the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness movie his best no. role though is burn notice oh without question <laughs> but yeah this movie is fantastic unpopular opinion unlike the Dark Knight which looking back on it has like a lot of like different plot holes and things this movie is just it's a solid movie it's a style it's a solid story it's just like it's great overall and it's just like it's that classic trope of it's just a simplistic story, but they just flesh it out really well and they just like bring it, bring it to its maximum. It's just, it's just a great movie. Like that's all I can say. So uh, Matt, what about you? What do you think? So this movie's tough for me because I have not seen it in such a long time. And the time I did see it, it was on F I watched it on TV, like on a FX. So there were like a bunch of commercials and stuff like that. But the moments in the movie, like, will always stick out. Like, a lot of the ones that you get, we already talked about. I'm going to give it, like, an A, just because I don't... I know that it's really, really good, and, like, there's a lot of stuff that I remember it, but I can't give it, like, an A+, plus or that, because, like, I don't remember too much of it, because I haven't watched it in a long time. And that's on me. I should have watched it um, before for prep, and I feel bad that I didn't. But... <laughs> I God forbid I watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies and <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but, Can I also uh, say that this movie also inspired me in high school to do a duo performance of "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head" for our talent show? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you did really well. Oh, thank you very much. It was it was great. I remember my uh, my football and crack and crack coach track coach. <laughs> <laughs> my football and track coach complimented me. He's like, yo, you, uh, you're really good at that singing and dancing and being funny. So, so far, guys, I think we're two for two here. And now we get to Spider-Man 3. Oh, no. I've been waiting 
so long for this. I can't wait. Released May 4th, 2007. Directed again by Sam Raimi. Uh, the new cast members for this film are Thomas Hayden Church as Flint Marco slash The Sandman. Topher Grace as Eddie Brock slash Venom. Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. Uh, James Cromwell as wait. Captain George Stacy. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I never. When I watched it, I didn't like add two and two together. Yes. Wow. Cool. Uh-huh. Dylan Baker portrays a Dr. Kurt Connors in this one. And of course, Rosemary Harris is May Parker. Hell yeah, the original hot Aunt May. Uh, Joe Manganiello, by the way, in the first film, did play Flash Thompson, and he reprises his role uh, in this one. So, Spider-Man 3. It had it had a budget of between $258 and $350 million, and it grossed $895 million. Wow. Box office-wise, it's considered a success. Just so happens to be, again, the third highest grossing movie of 2007. Harry what? Potter... And the Goblet of Fire. So Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix was number two. (laughs) (laughs) What was number one? Uh, Number one is also part of a trilogy. Or more than that now. But at the time. So number one is Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh my god. Two was Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix. Three, Spider-Man 3. Four, Shrek the Third. Five was Transformers. Six is Ratatouille, seven, I Am Legend, eight, The Simpsons Movie, nine, National Treasure, Book of Secrets, and number 10 was 300. 2007 was a way better year for movies than was 2004. Yeah. I would agree, yeah. 300, not a bad comic book movie. No. No. No, it's not. Some facts about Spider-Man 3 was Sam Raimi wanted two villains. He wanted the Sandman and Harry to portray the Green Goblin. But at the request of producer A.V. Arid, he added Venom and then Gwen Stacy. Supposedly, Raimi did not want to do Venom because he wasn't familiar and well-known with uh, with the character. So he didn't know how to portray Venom. He did an interview with Nerdist uh, a few years ago where he talks about Spider-Man 3 and it's just... Usually people don't talk about how the like the bad things that they did, but he talks about it. So it's worth a listen. There's many, many YouTube videos about it where he just wasn't familiar with Venom. I don't think Venom was portrayed very well in this. Uh, I love Venom, the character, and I don't think Topher Grace was a good Eddie Brock. Uh, I think it's just no. terrible casting. It was. For the first time, they did not cast well. Although Sandman was cast well. I think Raimi was trying to go with, like, the, um, kind of like a Black Mirror version of, like, the Dark Mirror version of, uh, Tobey Maguire. So Topher Grace kind of makes sense, but in terms of, like, you know, Venom being, like, and, you know, Eddie Brock traditionally being, like, you know, a bigger kind of brute of a fella, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. The... One of the original ideas, going back to my man Michael Papajohn, was to have him come back and portray a villain. I guess he was too busy with his pizza franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Ben Kingsley was involved in negotiations to play the Vulture, but that was cut. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this movie, this movie gets a lot of <laughs> flack for, they call it emo Peter. Peter Parker, when he gets in contact with the symbiote, which is what is Venom, essentially, it turns him into evil. Like, not evil, but emo. Spider-Man's suit, it's, he become, he wears the black suit, so it's black suit Spider-Man. Uh, it looked cool. Not gonna, the suit looked great. And Peter just became an asshole. It's really something to call Peter Parker emo, because he's just in a natural emo state. <laughs> like, all the time. I'm naturally emo. I should put that on my dating profile. I'm naturally melancholy. <laughs> the the scenes with the Sandman, where the Sandman robs the bank, and Spider-Man's first encounter with Sandman were very good, very well done. Visually, they were very good. Uh, there's like a scene where Peter's punching him in the gut, and his fist goes right through, and there's like sand blowing out from behind. Uh, that, I think they captured really what the essence of Sandman is trying to be. And... He's a villain that's really hard to kill. He's not like an exciting villain out there in, in Spider-Man's rogue gallery, but he's tough. He's really difficult. Sand, you know, it gets everywhere. <laughs> so the scene at the end of the movie, they're in a construction site, and Spider-Man is literally fighting three of his villains, trying to save Mary Jane. Uh, at the end, he ends up victorious with the aid of Harry Osborn. Uh, well, no, he doesn't fight Harry at the end, does he? He fights Harry in the middle. And then at the end, Harry comes to help him because he's just getting pounded to death by Sandman <laughs> and Venom's just doing his thing. And... I want to like this movie. I wanted to like it. At the time, I didn't hate it. I don't hate it now. I don't think it's one of the worst ones. I think Iron Man 3 is still the worst. I, it's fine. It gets there. It's okay. It's just fine. I don't know. I, I, it's disappointing when you go from something like Spider-Man 1 to Spider-Man 2, and you go from like an A and A, and then what I'm going to give my grade for this one, uh after I say the critical response. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 63%. Metacritic was 59 out of 100. And CinemaScore actually gave it a B plus. I did not expect it to be that high. I am not joking. Yeah. No. Um, I, I think one of the main critiques of this is that Venom was one villain too many. Uh, Venom is such a strong enough villain and a character that he could have been in a movie by himself. That was going to be one of my things. Save Venom. Because Venom can carry a movie all by himself like Doc Ock and Green Goblin. He is Spider-Man's most well-known villain, in my opinion. Uh, I think besides... I think it's him, Doc Ock, Green Goblin. Yeah. Ones, yeah, whatever however you want to rank them, but I think they're the top yeah, three. Down the line, yeah. He... You could have shown the symbiote in this one. You could even have had Black Suit Spider-Man in this one. Fine. You could have set up Venom for Spider-Man 4. And then in Spider-Man 5, you could have had Maximum Carnage. And that would have been... And then number 6 would have been Sinister 6. And that would have been a great transition and transgression of those, these movies. Venom... 
it at times appeared uh, more animal-like and not... We'll talk about it when we get to Tom Hardy, but not. It just wasn't. It just wasn't good. I don't think Tover Grace was the right choice either. Eddie Brock, because Eddie Brock is supposed to be like a tough guy, and Tover Grace, no offense, is really not. I think Tom Hardy did a better job. My grade for this is a. I'm, I'm gonna do it. A C minus. <gasps> the first minus. He did it, Mike. I'm yep. proud of you. It would have been a C if under the old scale, for the record, but. I think it's it's a little less than middle of the road. It's the Sandman was probably the saving grace for the movie. Uh, visually, it's fine. Effects, it's fine. Casting of the Sandman was really good. Casting of Venom was not. The Gwen Stacy part was unnecessary. Probably would have been cooler to throw in Felicia Hardy, hint that Black Cat down the road. But it's just overall too much. And this was before movies started getting split into two parts. It was just too much. And it's fine. It's watchable. It's just... Spider-Man 4 probably could have redeemed Spider-Man 3 a little bit if they had made it. What do you guys think? I guess I gotta agree with you, Mike. Actually, no, I'll give it a C. This movie, like... Like, when you think about what Peter Parker would think of as, like, you know, someone who's cool. Like, it makes a lot more sense the way he acted. But just overall, the movie, there's just there's just too much going on. And even though, like, we know that these actors obviously are good in these roles and they know these characters, they're just, like, it's just so weird. I, I don't know. They're just... It's, it's too much of everything and not enough of what the first two movies had in terms of like character moments and stuff. If you were to take out the venom part of this movie, if there was a way to edit it and just make it the Sandman part, because the Sandman part is like tragic and it's like a very good part. I don't know about like including him and like Peter's backstory, but still it's like somewhere in here, there is a good movie, but I just think that they just, Avi Arid just tried to do too much with it, and it's very understandable why Sam Raimi was just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with these people again for another movie. I think this movie is the classic example of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like there was... I think that's the best way to explain it. You, yeah. you hit it right on the head there. Um, letter grade, I gave it a C-, also. From what I remember, I just remember a lot of people just sh- like dumping on this movie. Like, saying it's, like, one of the worst movies ever made, blah, 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 blah. But, like, when you watch it, like, it's it's not a it's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. It, like, has just bizarre moments. Like, like I, the finger guns where he's just, like, walking down in jazz. <laughs> like, yeah, jazz, that, Peters. Oh. That's, that, like, it's so corny. It's, like, I find it so funny. But, I mean... Like I said earlier, I don't think Venom was necessary at all. For some reason, like, I always felt that that movie, the movie, like, dragged for a little bit. Like, for two hours and 16 minutes, like, it was a long two hours and 16 minutes for me. Probably when uh, Harry loses his memory, and then the whole thing between him and Mary Jane. Yeah. There's a lot of just unnecessary bits. Um... 
like you guys pretty much said a lot of the stuff I was going to, but like Topher Grace, like leaving that '70s show for this, like it sucks because I really like. He probably that got 70s paid show. though. Yeah, he got paid, but like he hasn't done anything since except make an edit of the prequels. But what was the cost of that? <laughs> Wasn't he in? He was an Interstellar. He's in Black Klansman also. Like, he's done, like, bit parts, but, like, he hasn't done anything major. I guess he's... Uh, the, cause he... the, scene with, the scene with Harry and Mary Jane when they're making omelets, really, every time I watch it, I really want an omelet, so <laughs> they did one thing right. <laughs> and they put peppers in it, and I started doing it after I watched that movie, and I was like, wow, this is really good. Oh, Green or so, red peppers? Spider-Man. Red very... peppers. Oh. Put red peppers in your omelet. Green peppers are the better. No, mm, red I like red or red or sweeter. Yeah, I like I red. Like red. No, nah. green, green are far too like, you know, sour. The, the the taste isn't developed yet. That's that's where you're wrong. That that is the taste. That's the perfect taste. The taste of undeveloped peppers. Yes. <laughs> so that brings a conclusion to the Raimi trilogy. Spider-Man Four was in development. And Raimi was going to make it, and he was going to to hit, he he said he was going to make it the best Spider-Man movie that he was ever going to make. Uh, James Vanderbilt was hired to write the screenplay, and the villain was going to be the Vulture, and they were also going to have supposedly Anne Hathaway portray Felicia Hardy. There's some rumors Meow. that she was. Oh. There were some rumors that she was going to end up being the Black Cat, and then others where she was going to be the Vultress, which was a new character, like a female version of the Vulture. Supposedly Vulture's daughter, possibly not. Nobody really knows. But the Vulture was going to be the main villain. Uh, in the beginning of this movie, I guess the the artwork that they had for it, there was a scene, like a like a drawing done of Spider-Man bringing in a fat, overweight Mysterio to the police station. Uh, they were going to show the Shocker. Uh, they were going to show the Prowler. I believe it was the Prowler. They were going to show the Rhino in the Rhino suit and a couple of the other minor villains and. Like as like a like little vignettes, kind of what they did in Amazing Spider-Man two, and Ugh. then <laughs> and then the main villain is gonna be the Vulture. Uh, eventually, supposedly, this was going to lead into a Sinister Six movie somewhere down the road. Uh, Spider-Man four and five were supposed to be filmed simultaneously together, so rumor had it they were gonna be one complete story. Uh, and then we would have gotten a Sinister Six either in Spider-Man 5 or Spider-Man 6. But they were going to go with it longer. Uh, Sony opted to reboot the series. And that is where we're going to lead with our next episode. My final thoughts on the Raimi trilogy. I think overall it's a pretty good trilogy. Uh, three being the weakest link. But it's not a bad movie. None of them are bad. It's big dumb fun. But one and two, I think, are very good. I think one is the best by far. And they're definitely worth watching. They have their moments, both good and bad. But it really helped usher in the late 90s, 2000s era of superhero movies. 
So eventually we got Dark Knight after that and Batman Begins somewhere in the middle. The X-Men movies were going on at the time. So there was, and Superman Returns. So it was before we got this comic book blockbusters every year that we have now. Uh, we had these movies. Spider-Man 2 and 3, great video games. <laughs> it is what it is. So I think overall, I personally like the trilogy and it's one of my favorites uh, in comic book lore. So that is my final thoughts on the movie. Definitely go watch Spider-Man 1 if you haven't. Anybody else? I am very glad that this was the Spider-Man that I got to grow up with. I think they were like really good movies to set up what superhero movies became. They were still, they were not all green screen and CGI. Like they still had some practical effects and all of that. And like they were really well-made movies and Sam Raimi doesn't get enough credit for them. So hat off, hats off to you, bud. No, he does not get enough credit. You're absolutely right. Well done casting. I don't understand why Sony is obsessed with Sinister Six movie, but God damn it, let him just let him do it. Um, but that's, that's they're good movies, and people should go back to them. Definitely not the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but we'll talk about them in the next episode. <laughs> so, just a reminder: please check out Ron's YouTube channel at Panels to Frames, where Ron to give a quick. 10 second what it's about oh yeah so uh my youtube channel uh we're going over each and every single comic book superhero film ever made and our first episode is already up that is exploring uh the adventures of captain marvel or he's better known now as shazam it's just really interesting it's from 1941 and uh you know i think it's like it's just really good it's really fun uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, and yeah, I think you can expect some great stuff coming out of that, you know, um, every month. I think everyone should go and watch that video and leave a comment what your favorite soup is in the YouTube comments of the Captain Marvel video. I think that's a great yeah. idea. Can, can I just say, I'm then... a strong advocate for Italian wedding, so if you see an Italian wedding soup comment, it's probably me. <laughs> Also, please let us know what you think of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy at PopCultureFed on Twitter. So remember, kids, with great power comes great responsibility. And this trilogy had the hottest anime. Bye, Mom! Do you want the piece of cake?